Welcome to the Rendezvous Podcast. I'm so very excited to have you all here. If you have never been here before, I am your host, Ariana Shears, and I am so delighted for this episode, Be the Standard. This episode is powerful all by itself. Let me tell you why. If you are familiar with Isaiah, uh, there is a passage in Isaiah where it talks about um, when the enemy comes against you like a flood, God will raise a standard amongst you. And so when you think of being a standard, you will think of this amazing woman we have tonight, who is none other than my big sissy boo, Chaitu Matthias Reed. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. Yay, I cannot wait to in, to indulge in all of the wisdom that you have. But first, we must read her bio. She is amazing, okay? If you're not familiar with who Chai T, the Chai T, <laughs> Matthias Reed is, let me school you on some things, okay? Chai T. Matthias Reed is an inspired and creative visionary purposepreneur. Okay, we're going to pin that and come back. Purposepreneur, holistic health practitioner, and philanthropist. That's a lot of commas. <laughs> On purpose, okay? Chai has over two decades of experience, commitment, and dedication to building community initiatives that improve the quality of life increase awareness and transform lives chai also serves as an international inspirational speaker workshop facilitator author strategist and breakthrough coach and when i say you have the authority as a breakthrough coach just from your story which we will talk about because you do talk about that in your first book endurance right of life and (laughs) and we're going to get into more of that as well chai is a wife biological mother of two bonus mother to three and a grandmother of three now it's four isn't it yes grandmother of four her mission is to use her voice and influence to transform lives because look the worship is bananas all right we're just gonna that's what we're gonna say and leave it right there (laughs) while leaving a legacy for her children grandchildren and great-grandchildren to come okay She is a published author of two self-published books in which she shares the wisdom she has gained through her pursuit of purpose and her personal transformation journey. I told y'all, Chai handles the the multiple hats that she wears on a daily basis. Yes, okay, very true. With grace and effortlessly manages them all well. Very factual. Chai received her certification as a holistic health practitioner in 2017 from Pure Vitality University as a breakthrough and endurance coach okay very important that that endurance is tied in there all right she passionately walks with individuals who are ready to transform their lives and achieve their lifestyle and wellness goals as a pastor and purposepreneur she supports entrepreneurs spiritually and practically yes okay we're gonna talk about that too because some of her clients you would never even know okay 
while assisting them with taking their visions to the next level by developing business strategy and implementing brand launches, okay? Currently, she serves as a marketplace pastor at Agape Paradigm Ministries Incorporated that serves the Southeast region of the United States and the continent of Africa. She also leads as founder of the Four Hour Daughters Foundation Incorporated and oversees three businesses, three businesses, Matthias and Associates LLC, Inside Out Health and Beauty, and Posh 314 Catering and Events with her husband, Maurice. Now, let me tell you why it was very important for me to read all of that. You do not know what or who or how you're encountering a person until you sometimes read their credentials. Sometimes you don't really know. People can be so relatable, so tangible, so funny, you know, charming that you think, oh, wow, you're so cool. And they have no idea what you do every day. <laughs> no clue. Also, what was not put in there is um, um, that you also teach the arts. Mm-hmm. Equally not in there, but you do that as well. (laughs) If you go to school, any middle school, elementary school in Georgia or in St. Louis, you may have had her teaching you at one of the many private charters here. (laughs) So when you hear yourself being spoken of in this way, does it give you flashbacks to where God had you in each of these stages? Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. And it's beautiful how it all came full circle, right? Because sometimes, you know, you'll be serving in one area of life and then God will shift you or life will shift you and then you're serving in another area of life and then life will shift and something will happen. And you feel like, do I have a purpose? Like, why do I feel like I'm all over the place? You hear people say all the time that you're the jack of all trades and the master of none. And you start to really feel that way. And you start Mm -hmm. to listen to what people are saying. Like, I just need to focus on one thing. Mm -hmm. And God began to give me clarity about that as I began to just really lean into him and lean to his voice concerning who I was and not the voice of others. So yeah. It's, it's amazing when I hear that. It's like, wow, the journey has been real. Is that where the term purposepreneur came from? Absolutely. Because, you know, people use the term serial entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to use, you know, if you know who I am, I'm very unique. So I don't yes. want to use what other people <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to coin my own thing. And because... I am a serial entrepreneur, but most of the entrepreneurial efforts that I've put my hands to have been purposeful. And so connecting purpose and entrepreneurship is where I came up with Purposepreneur. Yes. And I, my first interaction with you was very, it was that. And I believe at the, it was probably at the cusp of, okay, God, like what is going on from almost like you were at the cliff of corporate America and you were jumping. You were, it's like God had been like, okay, jump. And you're like, yeah, but, um, (laughs) but do you see that when I jump, there's also two people attached to me. We're all jumping. (laughs) Story of my life. 
story of my life. You, when you're an entrepreneur of spirit, right? You want to be your own boss. You want to work for yourself. You want to put your hands to the things that you're passionate about. But when you're a single mother and you got big come on and mouth, come on, you have to prioritize. And so for me, it was always like, how can I do what I'm called to do, what I'm purposed to do, what I'm passionate about, and still earn a living? And while I was growing and developing and growing my brands and growing my businesses and learning and making mistakes and all that stuff, I had to sometimes have that safety net of a job yeah. until I developed the faith and got the tools in my toolbox to sustain my business and sustain my livelihood. So it takes time. It doesn't happen over, overnight unless the Lord gives you such an amazing idea that it just blows up right away. With amazing Absolutely. obedience. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, most people who have taken this entrepreneurial journey knows this seed time and harvest. It's the principle mm -hmm. of seed time and harvest. You know, God gives you a vision and then you've got to write the vision to make it plain. And then you've got to build relationships and then you've got to go to school and you've got to get training and equipping and all these things in between until you see the full manifestation of that fruit, the fruit of that thing. So I think it's just a process. And a lot of people want the instant, instantaneous success, but it doesn't always happen like that. No, it doesn't. And you listed uh, like almost an exact framework hmm. to being launched and launching and adjusting you said building relationships equipping training um enhancing your skill set you know education and so when you do each of these that's not an overnight thing no. That's not really something that you do. Oh, okay. Well, Monday, I'm going to do this seminar. Um, Tuesday, I'm going to implement everything I learned on Monday. Wednesday, I'll go to a brunch <laughs> and cultivate these new relationships. Thursday, I'll call the brunch people and make an appointment for next week. And next week, I'll execute. And then on Tuesday, I'll do the education and then it'll just, you know, <laughs> and all of the people I talk to will all buy my product. <laughs> yep. they'll buy and that's how, we'll, yes, they'll buy two and they'll tell a friend who will then also buy two. Same day. Nah, bruh. That ain't how it works. <laughs> so one of the testimonies I really wanted you to share was about Cab, the Creative Arts Building. Now, this the show is typically between about like forty five minutes to an hour, and usually it's on the lower end. If I ha well, it's on the lower end if we get what we need out real quick, and we don't really have you know. There's not as much fat you know okay. Okay. Uh, but we can go okay. so so for for that particular testimony can you start from when you realize that the relationship you were in was not one that would assist with your purpose mm -hmm. and yeah, then go so, from there yeah absolutely so in that season of my life, I'm going to even go back, I think a little bit before then, um, I was in Atlanta. Um, I was planted in a great church. I was a worship and arts administrator. I was a youth uh, worship leader um, and supported the youth ministry in the worship and arts department. Um, the girls were, you know, growing and thriving. And 
being girls, being kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then all of a sudden I started hearing the spirit of the Lord say, it's time to go home, it's time to go home, it's time to go home. And I don't tell a lot of people this, but I was like, I ain't going home, I've already been home twice. Now at this point in my life, I had already been home twice, you know? And so when the Lord said go home again, I was like, what did I do? I felt like I was being punished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't wanna go, like what did I do? <laughs> and I just remember one night, I don't even remember, it was just like the Holy Spirit woke me up and I was like in spiritual warfare, literally. And once I surrendered to that spiritual warfare, it was really, I was doing spiritual warfare for myself, for me, mm, to, to submit yeah. to the will of God. A lot of times we always talk about spiritual warfare and fighting things that are outside of us. But a lot of times the warfare is within us, the mm. obedience, the war is going on within us. And so I'm, you know, going through this warfare and um, when, you know, just the peace of God settled in the room, Holy Spirit said, my will or your will, child, just like that. And, you know, if you know anything about me and you know my background and you know my story, although sometimes me and God will bump heads, you know, like I think everybody does, he always wins with me. Mm. He always wins with me. Even when we're, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with him, even when we're going back and forth, he always wins, why? Because a long time ago I told him, my heart's desire is to please you. My heart's desire is to be in your will. And even when it's hard for me, even when it's difficult for me, even when I don't want it, I give you permission to influence my will. Mm. And so when I prayed that prayer a long time ago, and I'll never forget that I prayed that prayer, when I'm wrestling, God always steps in and he takes control and he always wins, right? And so I go back That's home out of, out of obedience to the Lord, had no idea why, didn't have a job, had just bought a car, so I had car note, bills, had all my stuff in Atlanta, didn't have an apartment lined up in St. Louis, didn't have nothing. The Lord just said, go home, okay? And I said, okay, yes, Lord. When the Lord told me to go home, it was at the end of the summer, right before the girls were about to go back to oh, school. Oh, school. So I was really wrestling, like, Lord, why would you tell me to go home? So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna go back to St. Louis for a few weeks out of obedience, and then he's gonna let me come back. So I obeyed and just packed enough for a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> What'd you do with your place in Atlanta? Everything was still there. Oh, wow. So I had no idea this was permanent at that time. Right. I just thought the Lord said, come home. So I'm thinking it was something he had need of me. You know, like, why do I need mm -hmm. to come home, right? So in my mind, I'm trying to rationalize with my thoughts why I'm coming home. So literally, I called my grandmother and said, the Lord keeps telling me to come home. I don't know why I'm coming home. She said, well, how long are you going to be here? I was like, I don't know, a couple of weeks. I don't know. And she yeah. was like, okay. I said, but you got to talk to the Lord because I'm coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> right. Get your instructions from him because you making room. So we did, we loaded up our car, came back um, to St. Louis, stayed there, I think two or three weeks. And at the time, um, the Lord was just really dealing with my heart, just dealing with my heart on some things. And he said, Chai, I need you to be still. I need you to stay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know as soon as you said be still, I'm already knowing, no, 
Jesus. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I was like, but all my stuff is in Georgia and the girls have school and I don't know anything. You know, I'm, this is me talking to God, like, what, what, what are we going to do? Right. And he said, trust me. Oh. That's all he said is trust me. And I said, okay. So one day I'm driving down the street in uh, uh, Midtown, Great, uh, Midtown, I'm not in Atlanta, in uh, Grand Center, I'm driving down the yes. street, I'm heading downtown. And all of a sudden I passed by this school called the Grand Center Arts Academy. And the Holy Spirit said, call now and register the girls for school. Say, say what? Say what? What's oh. <laughs> like, you for real? <laughs> oh, wow. He did. Holy Spirit just said, register the girls for school. And I said, okay. Okay, Lord. You know, it's so I called and I said, hey, I've got a, I think at the time they were eighth grade and ninth grade. Mm. So I've got an eighth grade and ninth grade girls. They're artistic. I'd like to find out about the school. They said, we just happen to have two spots left. Oh, wow. Talk about purpose. I was like, okay, Jesus. All right. He said, trust him. So when, when the Lord says to trust him, right? Sometimes he gives you just enough light for the step mm. that you're standing on. Yeah. And as you take that first step, then he gives you the light for the next step. Mm. So out of my obedience to register the girls for school, the provision was made for the girls. So mm. that was no longer an excuse. So then my next question was, well, Lord, all my stuff is in Georgia. He said, I'm gonna give you a weekend. <laughs> and it was the weekend right. before school started. Oh, wow to go and get your, get your stuff, right? And then come back. So I went down there, got the pods, had everything loaded up, mm-hmm. you know, put all the stuff in pods, blah, blah, blah. And then we came back home and then the girls started school. And so then the, the process began because now I'm in the will of the father. Yeah. But I'm uncomfortable because I'm in sharing a bedroom with my two daughters and I'm at my grandmother's house. And I don't have <laughs> yeah. a job. And the car people are calling saying, hey, Ooh. you got a car note. And I'm like, I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. And then one one early one morning, my auntie said, they're leaving with your car. They came to <gasps> Georgia and repossessed my car. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? You know, you get into that, oh, what well, was me? Now uh-huh. I don't have a car, now I don't have a job. How am I going to get to work? You know, I'm going through all of this. And the Lord said, trust me. Wow. I'm trying. So here we are now, past the two weeks. I'm still at my grandmother's house. My grandmother's looking at me like, what? I was like, you have to talk to the Lord. Like, I really don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. Good thing she is a... Now, let's just put a quick little pin in this. This is why community and tribe is so important. Imagine if you did not have a grandmother who was also a pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you to say things like talk to God, it takes the weight off of having to try to figure it out for other people. And for those of you who are listening, this is also for you as well. If you are in a space of faith, some people don't need to know what you're doing. Because their doubt or lack of faith can talk you right out of the will of God. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Please continue. Yeah. So grandmother was like, okay, so what's the plan? And I was like, I'm going to release this book. 
And that was when I released The Endurance Ride of Life, Volume 1. Mm-hmm. So I released the book, did the book signing at Transformation Christian Church's bookstore. Oh, wow. Um, I went on a tour with a, a, a friend of mine from Atlanta who's also, also an author and a speaker and does a lot of stuff in the schools and the colleges. So I got to do an HBCU wow. tour. Um, talking about my book and doing workshops and seminars. So I was like, that was the reward for my obedience. The initial oh, reward for my yeah. obedience. The world was like, trust me, I got you. You know, it was just like, you have to trust me. And so that was good. And I was like, okay, did all that. And I'm like, now what? So I'm like, my grandmother's like, well, I'm going to give you until this time <laughs> to find your own place. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, I got a timeline. You know? Right. And that's when I started talking to him and talking to people just about opportunities locally. Um, and that's when I ended up, you know, really moving back into corporate America. Yeah. Um, I started working as a, a marketing director for hospice. Mm. How I ended up working at a hospice as a marketing director, only God. And I was only right. there for a season. I wasn't even there for a long time. But I'll I'll circle back to that hospice marketing director position a little later. And so I worked that job. God provided a home for me and the girls right in Grand Center. So we, you know, um, lived in Grand Center. The girls were were able to walk right down the street to school. Literally um, next door. Well, it was not, this is before CAP. I was in the the uh, Continental Life Building before. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I was in the Continental Life Building before, so the girls would walk down to um, the school. And um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I was presented with another opportunity as Corporate Communications Director for Mavis Thompson, um, mm. the license collector for the city of St. Louis at the time. And... I was like, okay, you know, this this will be good because I had gone back to school to do corporate communication. So I was like, okay, this will give me an opportunity to really learn my craft mm-hmm. a little bit more in real life world experience. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. So I leaned into that, uh, accepted that position and was focused, you know, was focused on my goals, you know, was focused on God, you know, God was providing. I had just released this book. Everything was just great. <laughs> Ah, guards are up or down here. <laughs> you know, I think they must have been down because all of a sudden I meet this individual, and this again, this is, ha- has been a pattern in my life, and so you have to know your patterns. Oh, this and is if good. You don't learn from your patterns. The enemy can always trip you up if you're not yeah. careful. And so this was a pattern or a cycle that I had been in when the enemy would always send a person. Usually it was in a male uh, companion because I was a single Mm -hmm. mom, you know, wanted relationship, wanted that, right? Would always send. And it was always very innocent to start off with. And then, you know, all of a sudden you've got all these things in common. At least you think you do. Of course, because as a praying woman, you ain't finna have no, it ain't finna be none of that extra. You're not finna come up in here all raggedy. No, thanks. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, that, you know, it's it's always a presentation of the the, the, the most beautiful, shiny gift. Here's a nice gift for you. And I was like, yay, okay, this is my reward for my obedience. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. <laughs> and so didn't really seek the Lord about it. You know, mm-hmm. just you know, just decided that I was gonna just date and have this relationship. And it was great. We were having a good time and da-da-da until it wasn't. 
Until it wasn't. Until it wasn't. And I knew that I had made a wrong decision or wrong turn because all of a sudden the provision that I had before Oop, come on get snatched away. Hey, come on. <laughs> so much so I said so much so the Lord was like, okay, you're either gonna obey me or you're Oof. gonna submit surrender to this. And I think I made a wrong choice again because yeah. I decided to stay in this relationship short term. It wasn't really long a long term relationship. Right. But then I began to see God's hand kind of lift. Mm. And some of the experiences I began to have mm-hmm. were not normal for me. Yeah. And I knew they weren't normal. It's almost likened to Jonah. Mm. And the wind and the waves and all this stuff was happening. They were like, who on here done? Yeah. <laughs> what it felt like like I'm like something's not right but still I hadn't connected it to being in this relationship right can you give an example of a thing that wasn't right because what I want the pe- what I want the audience to be able to do is to identify what that can look like in their life when they're striving to become the standard and all of a sudden it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. What what was an, an example of of things that were going on where you're like, yeah, I don't know about this. So I lost my condo that God had blessed me with. Oh, Jesus. That was his provision, right? I was probably right on target to getting a new car. Right. But didn't get that, right? And then eventually I started to see myself slip back into old familiar patterns. Right. That were not healthy for me that God had literally delivered me from Mm. because of my associations that's a I'm stuttering y'all so you know it didn't it didn't touch me Mm -hmm. and at that point when I realized okay this is not God's best for me this is not God's will for me I threw for a lifeline Mm. and I said mama um, Agape Time Ministries International Yay! Spiritual mom! (laughs) Pamela Dillon. Yes! I'm in this relationship with someone who claims I'm his wife. Now, mind you, all this time, this gentleman is telling me that I'm his wife, and sweet nothings. We're already spiritually married, and Mm -hmm. all of these things. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I was like, let me take you to my parents, and you know, let me take you to my mama and my daddy and see what's going on. Now, mind you, even before then, before I even took them, took this individual to mom and pop, I started having dreams Mm. that I was under some type of demonic attack. Like I was having dreams about snakes. I was having dreams about just all kinds. I mean, they were vivid colors. And then the next day I would see that person in that color or it was just like, so it was almost like I was afraid it yeah. was almost like I became fearful. Like, I have got to get out of this. But I realized at that time, if I don't get help getting out of this, I'm going to make another bad turn. Right. And so, you know, took the individual back home. Just the look on my mama's face said it all. Oof. The look on her face. that She didn't have to say a word. Just the look on her face. And just being in an atmosphere that had been so bathed in prayer, you're Mm -hmm. either comfortable in that environment 
for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's going to tell on you. It's going to tell on you, right? <laughs> and so shortly thereafter, I mean, it was a quick break. As a matter of fact, I remember it was a quick, clean, clean break. I think that's what mom prayed for. Quick, mm-hmm. clean break. And that's what it was. And so my prayer to the father was, okay, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry for doing what I thought was best for me. Right. This is a need and a desire that I have that I need to submit to you and wait for you to send the right person. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you don't want me to have my heart's desires because your word says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Yes. And my desire has always been him, but the the human part of me has always been that relationship to feel that yeah feeling, right and so as I continued to just reposition myself get back into alignment made the decision to sever and move mm-hmm. forward that's when God began to provide again his provision mm. just came very quickly so much so there was a Victorian, three-story Victorian home next door to my children's school, the Grand Center Arts Academy called the Creative Arts Building. Yes. And, and literally, I'm walking from Grand Center Arts Academy to the Sun Theater because we were getting ready for eighth grade graduation. I, I'll never Which it's it. in between the two, isn't it? It's in between the two. Yep. So it was the very first eighth grade graduation, uh, yeah, eighth grade graduation at the Sun Theater. I'll never forget it. I remember when they finished it and everything. Um, and so I'm walking and Holy Spirit says, look, like just like that, look. That's why you have to have ears to hear. Yeah, and tuned. Yeah, Holy Spirit said, look. And I looked and it said, you know, individual suites and, you know, studios available. And Holy Spirit said, I need you to teach piano. And I said, okay, back to piano. Now, mind you, I have been teaching <laughs> piano for years, but I, I I go in and out of it, you know, just, mm-hmm. it's just seasons, right? Sounds like me and massage. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> it, but I, it's just like, it can't consume my world. You know what I mean? Yes. Because I have so many other passions. And so I called just to ask about the studio. I'm like, hey, I'm a piano and voice teacher. You know, my girls attend Grand Center Arts Academy. I'd love to, you know, rent a suite. And the uh, gentleman said, okay, I'll meet you down there. It was a couple days later, he met me down there, showed me around the building. The building had been vacant for four years, was previously owned by the Missouri Botanical Gardens. It was a greenhouse. Oh, wow. The building was a greenhouse. And so he's like, um, I'm gonna show you around. So he showed me around. He said, you know, what suite you want? He said, I know it's dirty in here and it's dark and all that kind of stuff. But the Holy Spirit, the whole time I'm walking through the building is showing me the entire building. Oh, yes. As I'm walking through the building, it's like, I see color and I see this and I see that. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm just seeing all this amazing stuff. All the things that were in the inside of me that I had put my hands to, God said, this is where I want you to really implement that. Wow. So I said, okay. So I told the gentleman, I said, I want this suite, the suite, you know, that I had, the music mm-hmm. suite that I had. And he said, okay, I'm going to draw paperwork for you. And then we're going to go from there. I was like, cool. Um, got the keys. No money down. <laughs> no nothing. I just got the keys. Yes. He gave me the keys and the Holy Spirit. This was around the time, it was the summer, now by this time, this is the following summer. So now I've been there a year. Following summer, um, the girls are away at a y- YMCA summer camp. 
I'm still with shacked up with somebody I'm not yeah. with during this season. <laughs> so I'm like, let me just be honest. That's exactly what it was. So Holy Spirit was like, okay, I want you to pack your things and go. Just like that. I was like, everything? Everything. Because the girls were gone. He right. Said, this is your, he said, this is your window. Oh, wow. So I packed up all my things. I was like, well, where am I going? He said, to the building that I just provided for you. And this is before you have even told them you want to live there. I haven't told them anything. All I had was the key to my suite and the front door. Now, the rest of the building was still empty. It was just me Mm -hmm. in the building. And so I literally took all the stuff that I had, you know, at the house, with the exception of the furnishings and things like Mm -hmm. that, and moved into this suite. And the Lord said, I want you to fast for the rest of this week and I want you to seek my face. Mm. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, where am I going to take a shower? And where am I, you know? Right. I have to take showers at the YMCA. I would go to the gym in the morning. I would get up. I would take the bus. I would walk to the bus stop, Mm -hmm. take the train, Metrolink, because I was about to say Marta, take the Metrolink, (laughs) go work out at the gym, take a shower, and I would go to work down at the licensed collector's office. Wow. I would go to the gym, work out, take a shower, go back to cab. And I did that for an entire week and I sought the Lord. As I fasted and prayed and sought the Lord for that week while the girls were away, the Holy Spirit downloaded the whole business plan for the mm. entire building. Thank you, In about Jesus. two hours, he just, and I just, I, my, it was almost like my hand was not my hand. I'm just writing and writing and writing. And I'm like, oh, 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 this is, you know, and I just, it was so overwhelming. And, and Holy Spirit says, submit the plan to the gentleman who showed you around. Let's and pause me. right there. Okay, go ahead. Let's pause right there. We just been scoot Joan back. This might have to be a part. This is gonna have to be a part two already because we ain't even got to nothing. We haven't even touched my notes. Okay, so the beautiful part about what you said was you obeyed, Mm -hmm. you listened, Mm -hmm. you obeyed, you acted. I think a lot of people that get these downloads or who can feel something upon them haven't made way to move their flesh Mm. so they can truly hear God and get the clear vision without the blockage. That's where fasting comes in. The flesh, the flesh is not going to die willingly. No. You have to, you have to make it subject itself. You have to make it submit, right? And that's where the fasting and the prayer comes into play. Now, mind you, I didn't even want to be in St. Louis in right. the first place. But even before I transitioned back from Georgia, I had to fast to obey God. Mm-hmm. Just for His will to be done in my life, I had to fast in tears, upset in my feelings, all of that. But I did it. I did yeah. It. Right? And I think that's a misconception that people get when you're fasting. That is what is happening. You are fasting to subject your flesh 
to God. You're not fasting so that God's hand will move on the behalf of what you want. You are allowing every carnal thing that you desire to be told no. What happens to a child when you tell them no? Hey, I want this candy bar. No. What? Excuse me? Then you get a tantrum. You get yelling. You get kicking. You get temper. So for me, when I fast, and I know I'm like, I know I'm really allowing God to work in me. My skin, my flesh, my body temperature elevates. Mm -hmm. I always liken it to my flesh is having a temper tantrum. Mm -hmm. It's responding to not getting, not having the power or the authority over myself as it would like to. But I really, we couldn't glaze over that because I, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people feel confident when they are fasting and they are seeking God and they don't feel perfect every day. (laughs) Sometimes you're just going to be upset and that's why it's important for you to pray So while you're doing, while you're allowing yourself to be detoxed of your carnality, you're inputting God, you're allowing him to fill you up because outside of that, how could you be successful? That was good. That was good. So you wrote it all down with the hand of the Lord scribbling away (laughs) and then then you submit it. Yeah. I typed it up, made it look really nice, put in the business plan, submitted it. It was accepted immediately. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The only rebuttal that I got was, hey, can you put some numbers to this? Because I hadn't really Mm -hmm. thought about the numbers aspect of it. I just had the vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I think I can do that. Now, mind you, I've never done any type of, you know, financial plan. For oh, yeah, because they ask for everything. They ask for everything. But the beauty of that, like even this whole thing, was the person that I was in relationship with was an accountant, was a financial uh, person. Uh, <laughs> come on. So he did help with that part, which I'm yeah. grateful for. So he helped me with the financials, put the numbers in, you know, all that. And we submitted that. It was accepted. Um, got got permission to completely um, take over the entire building. Um, In my vision, I wrote down everything that I would need for the building. I mean, everything from the paint on the walls to the furnishings to anything that would help begin to bring this to life. And do you know it all showed up at the building? I didn't pay for anything. That's right. The vision, make it plain. They, they delivered pianos. I had two pianos. They delivered furnishings. I had tenants. People were coming to rent the spaces that I had available for rent. Um, our, you know, initially what was a, we called it the skylight room, became like a, a studio. With yeah. With floors and mirrors. And a wall of mirrors. I mean, the, provi- the hand of God's provision was just there. And I'm like, that is my... That is the sign. When God is with you, his provision is there. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to wait. Sometimes you have to wait, right? Because he's doing something in you. Because for you, it's always there. And so even if you can really quickly touch on, this did not happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. No. Mm -mm. Nope. It took some time. Now my decision to obey and to move was quick. 
When yes. I said move, pack your stuff, go stay a cab fast for this week. You got a window. I did exactly what he said to do. And as a result of that, I ended up with a building mm-hmm. with three months free rent. Three months there free just, to get, like just to get the building off the ground because it had just been sitting there. For four years. Yep. So we, you know, I we begin to plan, paint, plan the grand opening around that time. Unfortunately, is when Mike Brown was killed. Right. You know, so it was very devastating. I'm like, here I am trying to open a place of healing. I remember that. I remember that conversation because you said all of this hurt and pain is going on in the midst of you celebrating. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, many people came from the protest to cap the day of the grand opening. Wow. We had a heart player playing the heart. Yeah, it was beautiful. To set the atmosphere so that when people came out from protesting, they had a place of peace to come back from. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It was a beautiful, I mean, it was just a beautiful day. Beautiful day. And even like, because you are a marketplace pastor. So... And, and I have shared this title with many people and they're blown away by the concept because they, they are able to identify a part of themselves that did not have a name. And what you just said was so powerful. You're opening a place of healing for those that are hurting protesting you did not say you know when we came in we had worship music and you know we had the the city's biggest uh praise and worship leader or the biggest gospel artist there to really usher them into the presence no you said you had a harp player mm-hmm. no i think no words needed and i think and that even they even talk about the different instruments um namely in psalms um but you hear about all of these ways that people are touched and how they're inspired and motivated not realizing that it's bigger than that you are being ministered to on a very natural level but it's being penetrated by a spiritual principle mm-hmm all while opening a building between a school and a theater mm-hmm. a moving church mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. yep and then yep. from there after that during that three months that's when you have the people bringing paint that's when you have the tenants that's when you have and this goes to what you said before because you knew some of these people from other endeavors the relationships were showing themselves now mm-hmm. and many of those relationships had a need for a space in the city because a lot yeah. of those individuals were in the county they lived in the county and they had mm. in the county, but they needed a city location to be able to operate and, and so that just was, speaks to, sorry, that just okay. speaks to um, not being afraid to be different, to be the only, to be the first. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't add that the whole third floor was the suite for me and my girls. So that's the suite that yep. we lived on. So the third floor was dedicated specifically to us. It was so you, the building is so unique. It had its own private entrance to mm-hmm. go upstairs and everything. So the first two floors were, you know, for business, and the third floor was our private suite. 
Um, and so again, God's hand was there. His provision was there. His protection was there. His sovereignty yeah. was there. It was all there. And, and I'm not saying that we didn't go through some things in that season because we did. And I'm not going to even talk about that stuff. It was a mm-hmm. very difficult season because when God um, c- causes you to be uh, a trailblazer um, yeah. and to you know set a standard, there is no roadmap. There is no blueprint. You just have to walk it out and trust him. And so that means you make mistakes. You don't do everything right. You know, sometimes you make decisions based on finances. Like I got to get these bills paid, right? <laughs> yeah. Instead of, instead of trusting God to send the right people to provide, right? Yeah. So I learned a lot of lessons during that season about covenant relationships and about, mm. you know, being unequally yoked in business and all mm-hmm. of these different things were learning lessons for me. But at the same time, God's hand was still on it. Yeah. His provision was still there. His protection was still there. Even in the midst of some of the struggles and difficulties we had. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, a year after opening CAB, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, but that same year, I also met my now husband, Maurice. Yeah. So now we're in 2015. I think I moved back to St. Louis in 2013 when I told Mm -hmm. you all the original stories. I was 13 and then I had all of 14 to get cab off the ground. And then 15, you know, I meet my husband, well, who was, you know, we were courting during this time and I'm, we're, we're building this business together as we're dating because he's just supporting Mm -hmm. me, providing food. Because you both have like purposes. He was catering the events. <laughs> yep. We were even talking about how we could turn this into like a little cafe. So we had yes. everybody would be gone in the evenings. If we had tables and chairs left over for events, we would like stage it to see, okay, how would we make this a restaurant if we decided to do it? Like we were literally planning until the Lord said, I have it. Behold, I do a new thing. And so we had to attune our ears again to what he was doing. And we didn't know at that time what it was. And then my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so since I was the only entrepreneur, everybody else worked, I had to be a a lot more hands on deck with her care and just supporting her and being there. So that began to affect business growth, right? Because I couldn't Mm -hmm. be in two places. Right. At the same time, Maurice kind of held it down, you know, for for a while. He did kind of carry the weight of it. But when you're seeing your grandmother right before your eyes begin to just disseminate, it it takes the wind out of your sails. Oh, yeah. Now, you remember the job that I told you I got when I first got back working as a hospice marketing director? It was because God was educating me and preparing me for what was to come. Oof. He but he'll the always things to confound yes, the lie. Yes, yes, yes. Bring that scripture right back around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to obey regardless of mm-hmm. what our mind says. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. not about logic. It's not about earthly logic. Mm-hmm. Oh. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all our ways, all, not some things, all thy ways acknowledge him. And he says that he will direct your paths. And he's not a man. He's not going to lie. His word is true and it will not return void. So you're either going to take him at his word or not. 
life. Right. And then if you don't, then now you're going to eventually come around or take the very hard, long road to a, an, an expected end that he always had for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we, oh, we lost our, my grandmother that same year, um, November of that same year. So literally August to November was just rough of 2015. Um, the grief was overwhelming. Um, mm. I didn't realize, you know, at that time in my life that the loss of some, a pillar in your family could bring up so much other unresolved grief from, from your past. And so not only was I grieving my grandmother, but I was also grieving other things that I lost mm. in my past that had not been dealt with. And so it was so hard to pull me out of that place. Um, And I just, you know, thank God for Maurice during that season, because if he wasn't there, if God hadn't sent him during that time, I don't. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Um, So that was a blessing. You know, we got through that season, uh, you know, and I think 2016, Holy Spirit started speaking to us again. You know, um, it's time to move. It's time to move. It's time mm. to move. And I'm like, where are we moving to now? What side of town? I start looking for houses. So we mm. ended up moving to O'Fallon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we ended up moving to O'Fallon. Uh, we moved to O'Fallon. We were there a short period of time. And I think it was just, uh, you know, sometimes God will put you in a place to hide you. Yes. Because I was in the building all the time, in between these two spaces that had all of this stuff going on around it all the time. And me being made how I am, that was hard for me, especially being in a place of grief, okay? Mm -hmm. And especially being in a city that was full of grief because of what happened with my ground. All of this stuff was, it was like layers of stuff, just layers. It was almost as if the enemy was trying to shut me down. Yeah, smother you. Yeah, it was the very thing that God was trying to raise up. He was trying to, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we persevered through it. Like I said, moved mm-hmm. to O'Fallon. Um, and then the Lord kept saying, this is not permanent. It's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to move. And I'm just like, okay, where are we going now? So I'm thinking we're going back to St. Louis. I'm like, I feel like I'm cuckoo for cocoa. <laughs> and, the, and the Holy Spirit said, I release you just like that. And I said, release me from what? He said, you can go back to Georgia. Cause that's where, I, that's where my heart is. Georgia is where my yeah. heart is. I love this state. I've always known that I was called here, but I, I'm yeah. also called to St. Louis too, right? Right. And I'm like, I, I, can I can I be called to St. Louis and live somewhere else? Absolutely, right? Yeah. You know, not necessarily to do a work full time in St. Louis, but when there's a need, come you in go. to do what it is yeah. he's called me to do. So um, we made the decision to, to move back um, to Georgia. It was the first time Maurice ever lived outside of St. Louis. So, of course, you know, there's adjustment. There's, yeah. you know, just anytime you transition, transitions are hard. Transitions are hard. And that is the time that you have to lean into God like never yeah. before. I mean, you have to hold on for dear life. You yeah. Have to hold on to, for dear life during those transitions. Because it's essentially when you said that, what I said, what I saw was like a tornado. Mm-hmm. And when a tornado happens, it's just spinning. 
it's spinning wind and it picks up whatever isn't grounded, whatever isn't rooted to something, it will take and it will spin and it will uproot and it will toss and reposition you if you're not grounded. So that's what I think of when I think of transition. Mm-hmm. How important is it for for people, for us to understand that you will not see everything God wants for you to do in an instant. (laughs) It's really important. I mean, it's extremely important. And this is where faith and trust come in. Because if he gave it to you all at once, you wouldn't have a need to trust him. Mm -hmm. that's where faith comes in you have to believe God for what you see maybe that you perceive maybe a vision he gave you maybe a prophetic word you received but you still have to trust him to walk that thing out because it may not be clear at first it's not always clear yeah you know and then what I think about is um, how sometimes like what you said he'll give you the light for the step you're on mm-hmm. and won't necessarily tell you, Hey, I want you to make a left mm-hmm. up here at the stop sign. It's just go to the stop sign or it's mm-hmm. just go. Mm-hmm. And then as you're walking, as you're going, he adds to where you're going. He builds the bridge as you're in, in motion. Yeah. And I don't know that I believe that sometimes it's hard in the day and age where we are given everything that we want. Mm-hmm. We can calculate exactly what it's going to take to launch a business where we can call someone and they can tell us how much money we can make in the stock market between, you know, today and, and Thursday. Um, we can find out just how many followers we can, we can conjure up, um, in the month. We can find out how many sales we can have. We can really calculate almost every risk because of the type of technology that we're exposed to but God is the the almighty technologist <laughs> I may have just made up a word <laughs> he's the almighty technologist tech guru <laughs> exactly because there are bugs and errors in life that he already foresees that's what makes him sovereign that allows us to always have a cheat code to always have the access book to always have the index the glossary we have everything we need when we commune with the father but when we are reaching some of those harder times that's when being the standard comes in because we're representing the tech guru we're representing you know, God, um, we're representing the kingdom of God. So I'm sure, as you said, transitions are hard, you know, uh, watching and being there with your grandmother as she is transitioning herself. Mm -hmm. How did you maintain a standard of love within yourself during these transitions? How did you allow yourself to still be 
the image of God as you continued? What was important or how was, how did you make it important to you to be that? That's a great question. I want to say, I think it's just my heart of worship. Yeah. You know, I think worship for me has always been my lifeline. You know, now you'll hear me use that word a lot. There's certain things that are my lifeline, you know, and worship is one of them. And even when I'm not clear, mm. I know I can get into a place of worship where I can gain clarity. You know, even in those on those days when I was so depressed and just so sad and didn't want to get out of bed and didn't want to go to cab and work and didn't want to go teach my lessons and didn't want to do workshops at the schools that I was in. It was something about the worship that ignited me to get through the day. Give us this day our daily bread. And Mm -hmm. so I think for me during that time of transition and during all seasons of transition, because we go through several seasons of transition, I think what I've learned to do and what I've learned to cultivate is my posture of worship. And you'll hear me say all the time with Worship 365 that worship is not a slow song. Mama Dylan taught us this long time ago that worship is, is, is a heart that's postured before the Lord every single day, right? And so I think just having that heart postured, not necessarily knowing what was next, not understanding why did I have to come back here to go through this? Now I know why I had to come back here because I had to spend this time with my grandmother um, and, and also teach leadership Bible studies and some other things that God was doing during this season of life. Now I'm like, okay. I didn't understand it then, and it's hard going through this transition, but as long as I get lost in worship, I think I can Mm. get up and do it again another day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the only thing I got, you know? And with worship, your heart is so pliable to receive the word, to receive wisdom, you know, to receive guidance and direction for what's next. Yeah. And I think that's how I was able to kind of move into the next. It was just my heart posture. Yeah. And one um one revelation God uh revealed about worship was um worship, if you even break down the word W O R S H I P, it's your worth with your relationship God. So that's not, it's not always going to be a song. Mm -hmm. It's not even always going to be music. Mm -hmm. For some people, worship is actually dance. Mm -hmm. For some people, worship is painting. Mm -hmm. For some people, worship is poetry. You know, um, for some people, their worship is in the form of intercession. And so it just, it's beautiful to hear you audibly say um, that worship was what helped guide you through to be able to connect, to get that energy, to get that fueling. Um, I, you're right. This is a two-parter. This is a two-parter because we would, this would be an easy two-hour conversation, but um what i am extremely grateful for regarding 
this conversation thus far is how freeing I believe it is for those that are listening to understand that the trajectory that you're on is beautiful. If you're following God and you're listening to him and you're doing what he said, the trajectory is beautiful. Mistakes will happen. Mm-hmm. And in those mistakes, there are lessons. And within those lessons, when we allow ourselves to learn them, to take them in, to digest them, it makes for a better opportunity to experience God's love. Mm-hmm. Because in that season, when you were sharing that, um, you didn't necessarily make the the right decision. God did not abandon you. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was still opportunity for you to come to him and say, hey, um, what do I do here? (laughs) I just hit a brick wall. I think I made a wrong turn somewhere. (laughs) I'm at a dead end. Where did I miss my I was distracted. I'm so sorry. Help me get back. And if you think about where you are currently, you you did what you were supposed to do. God alleviated you from he alleviated you from some of the issues um, that you were experiencing all while loving you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Very important. I'm going to. Okay just so we don't get stuck in the middle of a transition. (laughs) What is one important component for the marketplace ministers out there? Um, The evangelists, the the apostles, you know, the fivefold, and even those who don't believe that they're called to an office, but know that they're called because we really know if you call to marketplace, you're called to office, but whatever. So, but for those who are called to marketplace, think of one or two things that is vital for them to have in their toolbox. You've already mentioned building relationships and we've already talked about obedience. What is a vital tool that they have to have in their toolbox to be the standard in marketplace as a representative of the kingdom of God? And if you cannot think of, you know, right in this moment of something outside of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Faith. Faith is one. And the other one would be love. And the reason why I say love has to be the standard, because when you love God, you obey God. Yes. <laughs> love has to be the standard when you're a kingdom ambassador in the marketplace. And whether you're called to an office or not, if you say I'm called to marketplace ministry, right? Your call to the marketplace, love has to be the standard because in the marketplace, you're going to experience some things that are going to hurt, that are going to offend, that are going to just be not right. And if you Mm -hmm. don't see things through the eyes of love, you'll become what you're trying to change. (laughs) Come on and preach it. I'm telling you, you'll become what you're trying to change. And so love has to be the standard. Faith has to be the fuel. (laughs) Relationships are everything. And obedience (laughs) will take you far. (laughs) Come on. 
Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. You okay. do not want to become what you are. What was it? Called to change. Called to change. Yes. Yeah. Because when you're the standard and you're a trailblazer, a lot of times you see the problem. Holy Spirit gives you the solution, but you have to be willing to go against the grain in order to implement that change. Yeah. And you have to be willing to stand under the face of opposition because people don't like change. Come on. They don't like for you to change the atmosphere. Nope. They don't like for you to change policy and procedure. Oh, get out of my life right now. You stop it. (laughs) They don't like structure and order. Mm. (laughs) You know? And a lot of times when you're called to be the standard, we're called to disrupt things. Yes. To uh, to uproot things, to pluck up and to tear down and to, you know, reestablish. And that's a messy, messy work. Mm-hmm. Whether you're working with people or you're working with policy, it's messy. Yeah. It's messy. And so having those four key tools, I think, will be your pillars. So we're going to call those yeah. four keys. Those are going to become our pillars because I think it's pillars. so important. It's there. Those are so important. And I think that's what's gotten me to where I am today. Making sure that these four pillars are always in place. Oh, this is good. Um, so just, you know, uh, rendezvous listeners, if you find and chai, if you find that, you know, I start incorporating this, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, all right guys. So our pillars are, this, this is why I love this podcast because it is about where faith meets destiny and your faith in God is going to show you things. It's going to lead you places. It'll open up so many different avenues of of clarity in your heart, in your communication, um, the vision God has for your life, your purpose. The very first episode was uh, the misconceptions of purpose. And that was so important for me to have that conversation up front because this is now the time where everybody is a purpose pusher and everybody is, you know, wanting to discuss, you know, how do they find themselves, etc. And that is very important. But it's not it's not as simple as oh okay today i'm doing my purpose the yes is that simple but there's a process and so that very first episode season one episode one we really sat down with an entrepreneur and talked about the process of purpose and it was very much a lot of what you're discussing a lot of lefts when god said right (laughs) a lot of oh oh you're taking all of this away because there's a stripping that happens um naturally as it does spiritually there's some things we don't need to have that we just want to have with us and and even on the airplane you can want to take your whole closet but you're gonna pay mm-hmm. yeah there's a price there's a there's a weight limit hey there's a weight limit <laughs> take it if you want to but you might not be going so yeah i'm very very appreciative of this conversation there's one big thing that i really want you guys to take away what you're going to pray and what you're going to speak into your life 
to the Lord now is I give you permission to influence my will. Done. If we want God's will to always win, we must give him permission to influence our will. And just know, you may be upset the first couple times he reminds you. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Just know that you're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. I'm so delighted. Thank you so much Welcome. for sharing all of this delightful wisdom. I'm so happy. This is your first time. <laughs> your no. first I'm so excited that it was this. <laughs> so happy it's this. And I can't wait. Maybe maybe for part two, you'll be in St. Louis. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yes. And then we can do it at the studio. Um, but I'm just so grateful that you are here. Do you have any last words before um, we let our listeners go and chew on this? Because you got to start applying stuff and just chew on it. Just mm-hmm. chew on what you have learned today and allow it to minister you and to feed you. So any any last words that you would like to give to the listeners? It's never too late to start. It's never too late to start, you know? And so the best way to start is just with a yes. Yes to your will, yes to your way. And when you say yes to your will, yes to your way, be prepared for some things to get uprooted. Mm. Be prepared for some things to get stripped from you. Be prepared to shift and move. And I mean, and it's gonna, it's gonna hurt. It's a process, you know, it's a pruning, which is what I talk about in my second book. The Endurance Ride of Life Volume 2, Becoming Fruitful, is that process of pruning is not easy and it hurts. God's will sometimes is not easy. And I think we have this conception in our head that, oh, I'm doing God's will. It should be easy. Sometimes God's will is very difficult. That's why you need faith Mm -hmm. and trust. Yeah in order to kind of sustain you during those seasons. So I think starting off with that yes, starting off with saying, Lord, influence my will, you know, whatever's in your way, (laughs) you know, just upright so that I can get on the right path that you have for me. Because it'll take long, it'll take longer if you don't do it his way. And we don't want it to take longer. We don't want that. Well, I'm so appreciative. I'm so grateful for that last nugget. I think that was very important to hear um, because not everybody listening has started. Not everybody listening has, you know, some people are are really just sitting back like, man, well, that could have been me if it still can be. And so I'm just very excited for the testimonies that I'll hear from this. Um, I will say that the, the faithful listeners, oh, they let me know. Hey girl, look. <laughs> that last guest you had on, or calling me like, you know, with tears in eyes, or just like, you know, sending screenshots of like at this point right here. So, <laughs> so that is very encouraging. And and tell everyone where they can find you on social media or how you would like them to engage with your platform. Absolutely. Well, I'm on all social media platforms um, under Chai, that's C-H-I, no A. 
um, like the T, um, underscore like the T. Um, and of course, you can find me at chaitmathias.com. That's C H I, the letter T, Matthias, that's spelled M A T H I A S. Dot com. No two T's, just one T. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Not Matt Hyas. <laughs> Math Hyas. But yeah, you can find me on all, you know, digital media platforms as well as on my website. And I'm, I'm here. You know, what, what I do every day is mentor and coach um, people to become what it is God has established in you you know, from the foundation of this earth, you know, he, he sent you yeah. to this earth with a purpose and my job, which I take very seriously is to help you walk that out, whatever that looks like for you. And so I look forward to engaging with you. Yay. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate each and every one of you listeners. And I thank you for um, supporting Chai and making sure you buy, if not both of her books, at least one of them. If you think you need to, to hear how someone has overcome, if you really need to hear a powerful testimony of just faith and salvation, uh, definitely get volume one of the Endurance Ride of Life. But if you need need to know what that pruning process looks like and what it looks like to let God develop you in a greater way then get volume two and then go back for number one mm-hmm. <laughs> volume three will be out next year so I'll be oh yes <laughs> very excited got the release so I'm like oh, yay <laughs> well thank you so much for tuning in of course it is a pleasure to have you on the rendezvous podcast and thank you all for listening enjoy your day Hey.